What's up, guys? Welcome back to the lab, and welcome back to my life. Figured I'd hit y'all with that on this live stream Friday. Welcome back to another live stream. It's, what, Friday, August the 20th, and we're back. We're doing it here live on the YouTubes. Uh, as always, I'm just going to jaw a little bit while everybody sort of hops in here. If you're watching this after the fact, uh, make sure you join us next Friday or the soonest Friday after you watch this. We go live every Friday here on YouTube at noon central time in the United States, so you can adjust accordingly. But come hang out. Come hop into the chat, ask some questions. Uh, hopefully I can answer them. If not, somebody much smarter than me in the chat group will answer them for you. And come talk music marketing, business, branding, crypto, NFTs all the stuff about being an artist in the digital age. So, uh, yeah, everybody who's here, what's up, y'all? Man, everybody's hopping in fast today. Eddie, what's up, man? Can't wait. Love it. Pedro, yo, top of the morning. Top of the morning to you. Uh, Zarmi, what's up, dude? Thanks for hopping in today. Burrows, yo, what's up, man? Alstar, yo, 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 what's up? A dab for you. <laughs> Kaifos, yo, dude, what's up? Thanks for hopping in today, man. Hope all is well. Excited for another Q&A. Me too, man. Yeah, everything is great here. Thank you for asking. Um, Bulldozer, what's up, man? I made four tracks for an EP. I'm going to release one track at the time in five-week intervals. Okay, that's awesome. So I can pitch all songs and run release campaigns. I think it's great, man. You're thinking about it the right way. I'm considering keeping one track as new on the EP. Um, seeing this EP release strategy in regards to... Uh, Facebook promotion. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's a great strategy, man. <clears throat> and I think leaving one song fresh for the EP. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, I think it's a great idea. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, that that gives your audience something fresh to look forward to that they haven't heard yet. Um, the only potential downside to that is that you won't have a tried and true. Uh, track to push the full EP with, but um, <clears throat> I think that once you build in enough uh, traction with your audiences and with um, running all those ads back to back to back, I think you should have a good time of it regardless. So I love that strategy. I think it's great, man. Uh, I love the five-week interval. Interval You're splitting the difference between uh, four weeks and six weeks. I think that's also very smart. Giving yourself at least four weeks to like get on all the playlists, get all the algorithms and take advantage of like the full breadth of the opportunity is super smart too. So I love that. I think it's great. Um, I would also like to know your take on cons and pros using this EP strategy in regards to Facebook promotion. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I just kind of hit it a little bit. Um, the downside is that is that you're going to miss, like if you, if you release them all individually and then package them, you can pick the best one to push the EP. The upside is that, um, you have a fresh track for your audience to have on the EP that they haven't heard yet. So it's kind of, there's advantages both ways. Right. Uh, and as far as like, yeah, you're going to hit all the algorithmic traffic. You're going to maximize the window of time and it's great. Um, and I mean, I don't see a lot of downside as long as your ads go well, as long as you do, uh, you know, do what you do and make right moves. I think that you're great, man. I think it's an awesome strategy. Um, I love it. I think it's awesome. 
Uh, let's see. Sandlers. Yo, hi, Tom. This is my first time here. I'm so happy to learn something of you. Oh, cool, man. Thanks for hopping in. I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for making it your first time. Uh, I'm pumped that you're here, man. Thanks for the comment. Franklin, what's up, dude? Thanks for hopping in today, bro. Let's go. Love it. Zarvi, I'm from the moon. <laughs> Let's go to the moon. <laughs> uh, fabulous. What's up, man? My campaign just stopped delivering last night, so no reach impressions. Been running for five days without issue. Facebook support was of no help. Any ideas? Man, that's weird. Um, no reach or impressions. Um, no reach or impressions today, fabulous. Or you haven't you got you got no reach or impressions for five days running it. You said five days without issue. Um, did it just turn off automatically? Did it shut off automatically? Um, give me a few more details, please, and I'll uh, I'll be glad to help you troubleshoot it. Let's see, Alstar. I want to ask you about how to make some extra money. Okay, just saw some money on my CD baby, and I feel like uh, it isn't that good. Yeah. The payout is under uh, 0.002 per stream. So yeah. Okay. wanted to ask you if there's a better way to make some extra money as a musician or mix engineer. Yeah. There's definitely a handful of ways to do it, man. Um, number one, the easiest thing to do is to trade your time for money. So trade your time for money in the form of mixing, mastering, producing, making beats, uh, custom beats, custom tracks, uh, basically anything that you can assign sort of a dollar value to your time put in. So your inputs match your outputs, right? Like I spent two hours on this. I made 200 bucks. Um, you can do that through air gigs, sound better, um, Fiverr even. There's a lot of stuff to do. If you're graphically or video inclined, you can make artwork for people. You can make videos for people. You can edit stuff for people. Uh, if you are um, technologically inclined at all, you can help people build websites. Um, you can cook up all kinds of different things, like find the, the area, the fringe areas of where musicians don't thrive, um, and help out, offer ways to help outside of that. Um, moving away from trading your time for money, you can make products. Uh, digital products are great because they scale infinitely. It, it, you build it one time and it makes you money while you sleep. So sample packs, uh, presets, uh, templates, things like that. Those are all great products to sell. Um, LUTs, you know, if you're graphically or pho photographically inclined, you can sell LUTs. Um, you can uh, sell merch. That's another one to do if you want to dive into the world of Shopify and figuring out how to use ads for that. That's a great way to do it as well. Um, starting a YouTube channel uh, is great. It takes time, but it's effective. Once you get monetized, you can make a little money every month from that. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. I would start, if you're just after trying to, to turn a buck as quick as you can, I'd start trading your time for money and then use the capital you get from that to build some scalable products that you can then not have to trade your time for money and where you can disconnect your inputs from your outputs. I think that's the way to do it. So yeah, a lot of different stuff there. Um, I mean, and, and that's what I do. I don't make all my money from streaming at all. I'm making more money from streaming as we continue down this journey, but it's all sort of it's all one big pool, right? There's a ton of different things. So I think a bunch of different smaller revenue streams is a great method to being a solo creator and entrepreneur. Uh, in fact, that's the way that I prefer it. I'd much rather have 10 um, good independent smaller revenue streams. Uh, that way, if one goes down, it's okay. 
uh, rather than one single solitary revenue stream. Because if that's gone, then you're you're in trouble. Let's see. Kaifa has launched a new campaign for a new song this morning. Okay, so far the conversion rate is a nasty eight dollars a conversion. Ooh, would you just end it all together now? Yeah, I probably would, man. That's no good. Um, there's something wrong in there. You're either targeting too narrow or your targeting is just off or something that's uh, problematic. So I might start over. Let's see, Martin, is it ever too late to start doing ads for a song? Due to personal reasons, I wasn't able to get everything lined up before my release on the 6th of August. Uh, no, Martin, it's never too late. Um, starting ads anytime is a good idea. Uh, starting to learn the system to figure it out is a good idea. And unless your song, I mean, even if your song has just gone off and you have 20 million streams, it's not dead or exhausted. Uh, a good song is a good song. And I think that's even more proof positive that it's still usable. So like if you were to take, I mean, what was a massive song in the year 2000? If you were to take that song and you were to run ads on it right now, you'd turn a profit on it probably. If you were to take uh, like when did Lincoln Park's record first record come out? Hybrid theory. Um, one step closer, whenever that was 99, 2000. Um, well, if you were to run ads on one step closer right now, you're going to get a lot of traffic from those ads. Now, granted, that's a gigantic, massive, super mega hit. But my point is, uh, you never, you haven't exhausted a song. Um, if a good song is going to keep working. So no, it's never too late. Definitely start running ads. Uh, let's see, Kaifos, I've got another long-running campaign at 20 cents of conversion that I imagine I ought to focus more on. Yeah, I might, uh, Kaifos, I might uh, add a couple new ad sets inside of that, or an ad set or two inside of that, um, and shut down the other campaign. That's probably what I would do if it were me. Ariel, hi, Tom. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Thanks for hopping in today. Uh, I feel like the learning phase takes super long for me. How long does it usually take for you? Any tips to have ads optimizing faster? Start with a daily $40 budget. Hmm. If you're starting with a $40 daily budget, your ads should be out of the learning phase by lunch um, easily. Mine, at $10 a day, mine are generally out of the learning phase by the end of the day for sure. So tips to make it go faster. Fewer ad sets uh, is the biggest one. And then make sure your pool of targeting people is big enough. Uh, a larger pool is going to equal more opportunity and likely lower costs. So I would increase the pool of targeted people, decrease the number of ad sets. If you have more than one, two, or three, definitely bring it down. Let's see. Eddie, okay, your question. I was wondering how long or why don't I see super fans on Spotify for artists? Does anyone see it in the chat? Um, super fans. I don't know what super fans is. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen that. Um, maybe somebody else knows about that. I'm not sure what that is. Martin, let's see. Thanks for the brilliant YouTube vids, man. You're so welcome. Thanks for watching, dude. I'm really glad that they've been helpful and I appreciate your attention. <laughs> and thanks for hopping in the live stream to tell me that, man. That, make, that makes my day. <laughs> uh, let's see. Tom, what's up, dude? Uh, when does Spotify editorial playlists add you? Is it the day of release or usually sometime after two? Is it effective running Facebook ads to gain YouTube views or just YouTube ads? I think technically you can get added to an editorial kind of any time. Um, I think if you are 
an artist with a high popularity score and previous releases with high popularity scores that likely have been added to editorials, your odds of getting added to an editorial day of release are much higher. If none of those aforementioned criteria have been met to throw a 50 cent word at you, um, then you're probably not going to get added on release day. But um, if you market it well and things do well, then probably week two, three or four is the most likely time that you're going to get added to it. I would think. Um, And as far as ads are concerned for YouTube, yes, you can definitely send traffic from Facebook to YouTube, but you're going to spend less advertising with Google ads to drive up YouTube plays. Now the disadvantage of using Google ads is you don't have access to all of the, the audiences that you've built on Facebook. So that's a downside. Also the Facebook ad platform, I think is just better. The, the upside is it's going to be cheaper on YouTube. And the upside on Facebook, of course, is that you do get access to all of your previous audiences. So why not test both? You know, spend $5 a day on both for a week simultaneously and then go with the one that works the best. Uh, let's see. Ariel, also wondering, uh, have you tried dynamic creative instead of setting up multiple separate ads? Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, I have, but I've only done it for merch and it did not work well at all. Um, the, I mean, it's definitely like a, it's a useful tool inside of there, but I don't like it because it doesn't give me enough feedback about what works and what doesn't. Cause you can't dig into the details of dynamic creative. You could just, it's going to find inside there what works, but you don't have reporting that shows you the mix and match of like, this is the thing that worked. Um, at least not that I've found. If I'm wrong, somebody please correct me. Um, so I don't, I don't really use that for that reason because I don't get the information that I want. Um, let's see, Franklin, what are you answering to? Got to know your targets on points. Uh, it's all about your targets or charge your targets. Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> But the caps lock is uh, <laughs> is on point. Um, let's see, Canal, what's up, man? Uh, I'm seeing slightly different conversion numbers on mobile than desktop. Have you heard of this? Uh, yes, I have. I think the mobile app, um, if that's what you're talking about, as far as like between the Facebook mobile app and the Facebook desktop app, I think it goes out to further decimal points on the mobile app than it does on the desktop app. Um, if you're talking about different conversion rates, as far as the user is concerned, I think you're probably going to see more traffic on mobile. Maybe that's what you're seeing. Um, let's see. Uh, all right. Fabulous. No reach or impression since 9 PM last night. No ad spend. Everything's still active in Facebook support, verified account and good standing. Uh, you may have reached your billing threshold. Fabulous. Uh, And you need to pay off your bill so your ads can start running, especially if you're using a pre-funded ad account where you are putting funds in escrow with Facebook. You may have exhausted those funds and you may need to re-up your balance on the platform. Uh, If you don't have auto pay on with a credit card, then that's that will happen a lot of the time. So it sounds like it's a billing thing. Go into your billing settings, find that. Make sure that you're all paid up and then things will start to run. That's usually the case uh, when I hear about something like that. Um, 
Let's see, Brandon, do you have any knowledge in which sync agencies for pop music are good? Man, I don't, and I'm sorry that I, I can't answer that. I That's something I want to dig into um, when I get the time, like at some level of you know what we're doing here on the channel. Uh, that is a future project and a future sort of series and rabbit hole that I want to go down is figuring out the world of sync because most sync platforms out there don't seem to be worth a damn. And I really don't, I, I don't think that they prioritize like pitching artists fairly. Um, I think a lot of them are just a money sink, $300 a year for this service. It's never going to make you any money. So I would love to figure that out a little bit better and report on that. So, um, yeah, unfortunately I don't have the info for you now. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Al star. Yeah. I think the biggest issue is client acquisition, especially for a music producer or a sound engineer. Yeah. Like, should I go with Facebook ads to get new clients or like there's a better way? So I would definitely, um, I would definitely sign up for these platforms like sound better and, um, and air gigs. I would try to get people to review you on there as quickly as you can to have some, and then using ads to drive traffic to that kind of thing is great. Um, I might also just build a, a simple website with card and, um, have your offerings there where people can purchase from you there with a Stripe account. And uh, then you can send ads there and really have good conversion options. I think that's a good good way to do it. And then just talk to people. Tell people what you do. Um, engage with people. Social media is just, a, you know, a crazy, crazy good tool. So Instagram is really good for that. You know, have a dialogue in some comment sections and some threads and then go to the DM from there. So it's not just blind DMing people. And I think that you might have some luck. Let's see Torres, do you know companies like Noise Lash or Playlist Promotion? Um, I don't use any playlist promotion, Torres. Uh, I don't think it's a good use of time or money. Let's see, Bulldozer, when should one consider custom and lookalike audience? I would go ahead and make them as soon as you can, and I would start A/B testing them against your cold targeting as soon as you can. So, um, as as soon as you have the required number of um, like viewers on video. Well, just you can start dumping videos into a custom audience already. As soon as you get a few uh, views content, you'll be able to select that from the dropdown when creating a custom audience based off of that. And as soon as you get, you get the requisite number of people uh, in each of those groups to create lookalike audiences, go ahead and make them and then start using them in ads because using them and collecting data is only going to like tighten them up over time. So go ahead and do it if you can. Let's see, Ariel. Okay, lastly, for a cold audience targeting similar artists, do you think it's best to target a lot of similar artists or only a few or have different ad sets with only a few similar artists? I think it's best to target a lot of similar artists as well as genres. Um, your, your goal at the beginning is to get a big, wide group of people. Um, you're not trying to tell Facebook, this is who I sound like. You're trying to tell Facebook, look in all of these people to find who will like my music. It doesn't matter who I sound like. So if you have, if you make like house music, but you sing like, you know, Papa Roach, put both in there because somebody who likes Papa Roach might like your voice and somebody who likes house music like might, might like the track. Um, so you want to give both options. Um, so wider is better in my opinion.
See, Jay, hey, Tom, I know you generally preach to not touch your ad set until it's out of the learning phase, but what if costs are super high even after a few days, like a dollar per conversion? Yeah, if you've given it like 48 hours and it's still a buck and it's not out of the learning phase, I would shut it down and start from scratch rather than retooling it. And I would, I would figure out what's wrong with it before I start fresh. Uh, bulldozer. I have a song which triggered Discover Weekly after six months. It's never too late. Dude, that's what's up. I love that. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, Lions has been doing that too. And Hero. Hero's only been out for a few months. But yeah, I think because that level was reached initially, they just sort of keep bumping it and riding the wave just over and over again. They just kind of stay up there. So it's like if you can get that sneak attack at the beginning, then you can stay on top of that wave, kind of like a surfer. As long as you catch the wave, you're good. You can ride it until, well, in this case, kind of forever. Uh, let's see, Benjamin. Okay, if I'm using Tone Dim, do I need a website to run a conversion campaign? No, you don't. You just need the URL that you own connected to Tone Dim, and Tone Dim in that situation is is technically your website. So you don't have to have, like, if it's benjaminy.com and your Tone Dim link is like go.benjaminy.com. You can just have go.benjaminy.com hosted on Toned In or connected to Toned In rather and use those Toned In landing pages and not actually have a website at benjaminy.com. It's not necessary to have one. But if you do, if, if, if you want to build a website and you don't want to spend a lot of time, I keep saying this, but Card is amazing for that. Uh, just go sign up for Card and get a pre-made template and just drop your picture in there and change the words. And like, it's that easy. <clears throat> Let's see, Pedro, how big of a difference do you think the creative can make when it comes to cost on a campaign? Is constantly testing new creative, a good idea to try to cut costs by making better appealing creative. I think creative has a massive impact on the success of your campaign. Most specifically the visual creative. I think it's, it's kind of like a, a hierarchy of importance. First, your targeting has to be, let's just say there's four directions, right? North, northeast, southwest. If, if your audience is west and you're pointing east, terrible. You're never going to find them. So you've got to be pointing west. You've got to be pointing in the right direction. After that, your visual creative is incredibly important. If your visual creative isn't good or attractive or appealing, nobody's going to listen to the audio that's attached to it or pay it any mind. So usually what might happen is if they don't have their volume on, they're going to see the, um, the visual, they're going to be intrigued, and then they're going to bump up that volume so they can hear your ad. If that's not intriguing, they're not going to turn on the volume. If they have the volume on and the visual is not intriguing, that's the first thing they're paying attention to. They're not even going to register the audio. They're just going to flip past it. So point in the right direction really good visual creative. And after that, then the section of the song or just the song itself truly matters. But you've got to get through levels one and two for the song to really have an impact in that ad. And then from there, um, that's when you, you know, kind of try to prioritize the, the right section of the song to find that one spot that really just makes people say, I've got to hear more. And usually I find that section of the song is a place where it's kind of like a, you're getting the vibe into a, a build of suspense um, and anticipation without any payoff. So if you go from like a verse to a chorus, but no like 
drop, you get some tension in the track, but you don't get the payoff for the listener. The listener kind of like internally needs that resolution and wants to go through to check it out on Spotify. It's like a psychological hack a little bit. So good music is a series of uh, like vibe, tension and resolution and a reset. Like that's kind of what good music is. It's verse chorus turnaround is like sort of like the release from the chorus to back to the verse um, or uh, you know, depending on the music, rock music might be the release and the tension might be the pre-chorus, you know, that kind of thing. So find an area where you are delivering um, the vibe and the energy of the track transitioning into a moment of building tension. Do not give people the payoff in the ad. And that's going to make them kind of need that. And this is going to up your click through rate probably. Let's see. Um, Franklin, uh, super fans are when fans engage what you're doing, like sharing likes, reposts over 30% of content. Okay. And that's trackable on Spotify for artists. I have not seen that. So maybe I don't have any super fans. I'll have to look into that. I'm, in fact, I'm going to write that down because as we all know, I will forget if I don't write it down. Uh, I'm going to look up super fans fans on Spotify for artists. I'm going to look into that because that's intriguing. I would love if that is a, a thing that is trackable and visible on there, then I definitely want to figure that out. That's really cool. Uh, let's see area one, uh, one more. Sorry, do do not apologize. There's no need to apologize. That's why we're here. Questions. Uh, have you experimented with cold audiences that are not based on similar artists, but more actively activity based, like running gaming type audiences? Yes, I have. And they work very well. Um, for, I think it was lions. I targeted, uh, multiple comic book brands and I targeted, uh, like Marvel image comics, uh, dark horse comics, things like that. Um, I think, I don't think I did DC or maybe I did DC and not dark horse. It doesn't matter. Um, and then I targeted like IGN, um, and that worked really, really well. So think about if you're going to do that, think about a, you can think about the activities one might be doing while they enjoy your music make peaceful meditation style music than somebody who does yoga or somebody who likes gardening or somebody who enjoys cooking. Like these are all things that might work with that. Same if you make like classical music. Um, if you make electronic music like I do, that's like heavy rock electronic music in some instances, uh, fitness, running, working out, gaming. These are all things that um, somebody who does these activities is probably likely to listen to my music. In fact, Lions specifically is on a ton of workout playlists um, and gaming playlists for that matter on Spotify. Like if I go through my user playlist that it's on, there's a bunch of them that are gaming and, and fitness. So um, yeah, that's a really good tactic. I like that tactic. It's not a tactic that I've talked about probably enough. Um, and so I'm going to write it down <laughs> and uh do a video on it at some point, uh, targeting interests like gaming and, uh, fitness. There we go. Cause again, if I don't, I'll forget. 
let's see, Burroughs. Uh, my new song is releasing next Friday and really want to follow your strategy for a release campaign. I was wondering if you could give a step-by-step of how you would break it down, i.e. from how many ad sets, cold versus warm audience, how many ads to when to turn them off. I've watched your release campaign video in last week's stream, but you skimmed over it briefly, but wanted to see if you could expand a bit more on the process. Thank you. Yes, dude, of course. Um, happy to do that. So we're going to make some assumptions. We're going to assume that you have warm audiences that are good. Uh, they don't have to be great, but that they're decent. Uh, so I would do, obviously, one campaign. Um, maybe it's not obvious. One campaign. Inside of that campaign, I would probably do three ad sets. I would do a cold targeting ad set. Then I would try to get that to up to 50 million people or more. Inside of that ad set, I would um, do all Spotify territories, your age breakdown on Spotify, um, target similar artists and genres and narrow that for Spotify and only stories placements. Inside of that, I would have three to six ads, um, same visual split testing, different sections of the song. I would do a second ad set. Um, in, in this first cold ad set, I would not have any um, expansion on. The second ad set, I would do lookalike and custom audiences. I would have my the ones that I like are 95% video views of all ad videos that I've put out in the past uh, or that have been running for the last 60 days. And it's a 60-day window on that audience. I'd make a lookalike off of that. I would dump all the, the ads from the new campaign into that so that when they start running, they're pumping into that. Then I would do a view content over the last 60 days. Anybody who's clicked the buttons on my landing pages, lookalike off to that. Uh, off of that, I would take both of those customs and both of those lookalikes and put them in ad set number two. So you're cold tar- warm, warmish cold targeting and retargeting all at the same time. All Spotify territories, your age demographic that you're performing the best in on Spotify. Spotify, again, for me, it's 18 to 34. No similar artists, just narrowing for Spotify. Uh, storage placements only same three to six ads as the previous one. And then a third ad set, I would take that exact same custom and lookalike ad set. I duplicate it and I would turn lookalike expansion and detailed targeting expansion on. So you have cold targeting, warmish, cold targeting and retargeting, no expansions, the exact same warmish, cold targeting and retargeting with both expansions on all of them have the exact same three to six ads in each of those ad sets. I would let that run uh, for at least 48 hours without touching anything. Unless something is wrong, I wouldn't touch anything because Facebook is naturally going to send traffic to the best ad set and the best ad within that ad set that's performing the best. And the rest of it's going to stop getting much budget at all. Um, I would, so I would check every day to make sure nothing is like completely screwing up. Uh, but I wouldn't touch anything. If the campaign doesn't do as well as you want it to, but it's doing fairly well, then I would run it. If it's doing, if it does great, I'd run it for three days. If it's doing okay and not as well as you want to, I'd run it uh, probably uh, at least a week till that Friday with the option to run it till the following Monday. And at that point, I would transition it over to growth um, and or start those ad sets inside of a growth campaign and start them from scratch again. But I would take or take the the best performing ad set and the best ad and put that in your growth campaign. That's what I do. Um, 
that's what I've done the last three releases, and it's worked pretty well. Let's see. Uh, Reben, uh, sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, hi, Tom. Is there any other platform that could be a rival to TikTok? Ooh, great question, dude. So uh, Snapchat has tried to incorporate the TikTok uh, dopamine feed <laughs> uh, into its platform, but it doesn't do it very well. Um, I know nobody's going to want to hear this or probably nobody's going to want to hear this, but I think if anybody has a chance at beating TikTok or maybe not beating TikTok, but at least rivaling TikTok for user base and content, it's going to be Instagram. And the reason is Instagram traditionally has a history of stealing things from other platforms. It's no mystery. Everybody knows this. The problem is Instagram usually does a pretty good job, not always a great job, but usually a pretty good job of stealing these other formats and they implement them in a pretty good way. It doesn't mean it's better than TikTok, but Reels is the closest thing to TikTok that can compete with it at any level currently. And I just discovered that Instagram is now has now completely copied TikTok's creator fund. If you have 10,000 subscribers, X number of posts, X number of engagement over the last 30 days, uh, you can now become a creator on Instagram and have access to a paid out creator fund, just like TikTok. What Instagram has that TikTok doesn't have is all of the other things that they have built and stolen around it. Stories features, really, uh, really amazing chat and group chat. They've got long form video. They've got shopping built into the app. Uh, they've got just the original photo sharing mechanism. Um, lots of different things that TikTok still hasn't built out yet. Now, I know TikTok is doing a lot of other things. They're adding stuff. I think they're experimenting with shopping. They've got an ad platform now that does really well. And TikTok is going to be the dominant one at, I think TikTok's going to continue to be the one that's dominant at short form video that everybody else is trying to incorporate. But I do believe Instagram Reels is going to take the biggest amount of market share from that. I also wouldn't be surprised if YouTube Shorts didn't take more market share than anybody saw coming. But I don't think Snapchat's going to be the one to do it because uh, they have not done a good job of it at all. <laughs> but what what TikTok has got to do is they've got now that they've defined themselves as a new thing in the market, everybody's taking that way to consume content. TikTok's got to figure out a way to become a more multi-tiered platform with more options than just scrollable short term short form video. I think they're doing that. Um, but they've I mean, they've created a, a hell of a thing in the market and everybody wants to copy it. So which is how, you know, you've got something good, right? Let's see. Uh, Sandler's Tom. Sorry. Uh, first, sorry for my English. I'm from Colombia. Uh, Hey, no worries at all. Um, I am learning Spanish right now. I believe uh, Spanish is the language in Colombia. I'm sorry if I'm ignorant and that's not true. <laughs> um, and my Spanish is absolutely terrible. So no worries at all. Your English is much better than my Spanish is. I'm certain. Uh, let's see. Okay. So I'm starting with ads. What video of uh, yours do you recommend? Any advice? I don't, so I don't burn to don't burn so much money at the beginning of my budget. It's $3 per day. Okay. Where to start? Um, there is one that, uh, where I talk about, I run two types of campaigns. Um, and I think it's, 
the thumbnail is me saying I run two ads or I use two ads. Start there, learn about, go from there to learn about how I run a growth campaign and focus on building out a really good growth campaign on Spotify first and then come back to the channel and learn about release campaigns. But that growth campaign is the core of what you need to do. Uh, let's see, Ariel, what was your latest release campaign strategy like? Still two ad sets, one cold, one warm. So the, the latest one, Ariel, was similar to what I uh, outlined for Burroughs, but it, um, it was all warm. It was no cold targeting anymore. So it was um, um, custom and lookalike, no expansion, custom and lookalike with expansion, and then custom and lookalike, but not all territories, only my trigger countries, which is the top 30 countries from my Spotify for Artists audience tab um, with expansions on. So it was those three. And the two expanded ones did the best. I don't remember which one of those won out, but no cold targeting anymore. Let's see. Uh, Canal, do they have trading cards with stats? Imagine owning a Kanye card with like 10,000 monthly listeners kind of like a rookie card. If it's an NFT, you could get royalties as people buy or sell them. Hey, I like that. That's what's up. Um, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. So like you would, like if I minted an NFT card right now and said like, Hey, I minted this card when, um, I had 10,000 like monthly listeners on Spotify, you know, you can put stats like that into the cards on OpenSea. I should have done that when I minted some of these cards. Maybe I could go back and do that. Um, yeah, that would that would be really cool, especially because like, you know, let's say like right now I have about like 6000 followers on there. I think when I first minted all these NFT trading cards, I only had like three or four thousand followers. So really cool if that was in there. That's smart, man. I'm going to do that. I like that, Canal. That's really smart, dude. I'm into that big time. Great idea. <laughs> That, and that would be really, really cool to be like, yeah, I picked up this Kanye rookie card when he had 5,000 listeners on Spotify. Like every time I mint an NFT, I put in my current Spotify stats, like average monthly listeners, number of followers, number of streams on this specific track the day that I minted this. That'd be pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, let's see, Zarvi. Hey, Tom, can you do a demo listening live stream, like live feedback? That would be cool. You know, I, I want to do that. You're not the first one who's asked me about that. I want to incorporate other streams, other things into this stream. So the short answer is yes. My plan is to do that at some point. I would like to incorporate uh, listening to music on the stream. I'd like to incorporate making music on the stream. Um, just me working on my upcoming tracks and, um, I'd love to incorporate maybe some like graphic design stuff into the stream where like we make album art, we make NFTs, like things like that. I think that, that would be a lot of fun too. Uh, Alina, is there any legit social media ad company you can recommend to grow social media followers? Because all five seems unprofessional. Unfortunately, I don't have anybody off the top of my head that I would say, yes, this is a company I would use. Um, I will tell you that my plan is to build out something akin to that in the future. Right now, I'm working on a course for all of this Spotify growth information. Once I launch that course, my intention is to start building out uh, an agency of sorts to help with that very thing. 
because I I feel that I have uh, delivered value in the market and that I have proven my trustworthiness and I want to continue to do that. And so for people like you asking that question, I would love to be able to tell you, like, since you're here asking my opinion, you must trust me. You can trust me to help you with this uh, because there are a lot there are a lot of companies out there that just want to profit from artists and don't want to help them grow. And I would love to be different in the market. So my plan is to help with that at some point. Uh, Jay, do you use lookalike expansion or do you ever turn on detailed targeting expansion when using lookalikes? Would it be crazy if I turned on both? <laughs> um, no, not crazy at all. Yes, I do. Uh, you probably asked that question before I started talking about that. Um, yeah, I totally do, man. I don't recommend doing it if you haven't been running ads for very long. I would make sure you're running ads for at least a couple of months and are getting good traffic before you turn those on because if you turn them on too soon, you're not giving Facebook enough to work with and it's going to have this blurry picture of what it, what you want it to do. And it's not going to deliver for you very well. So I would make sure you have a lot of data first, but then once you do it works great. Um, Sandler's Tom, I've released three songs. The first one was four months ago and I didn't uh, use promotion. You think I should make promoting to everyone? Yeah, I would go ahead and use all those songs and ads Sandler's. Uh, you're not, they're not exhausted by any stretch of the imagination. So I would, I would use them in ads, drive traffic to your profile. Uh, let's see, Mitch, how's TikTok's ad experience from your experience? Um, I, I still haven't run ads on TikTok. I've only poked around in sort of the back end of their ad platform. It looks very similar to Facebook's UI, um, which is good. I think that's a good thing. Facebook has a robust advertising platform. So I think TikTok's ad platform is probably going to do pretty well. If anything is, I spoke about Instagram taking market share from from TikTok. If anything is going to take ad revenue from Facebook and Instagram, it's going to be TikTok. Um, if they can do it well, which they seem to be doing so far, I think they're going to pull a lot of money out of Facebook's pocket. Uh, let's see. Eddie, super fans are actually like the people that stream one of your songs every day for a consecutive set uh, amount of days in a row. And like on your Spotify for artists account, they tell you, oh, okay. They tell you that on in Spotify for artists. Okay. That's really cool, man. Um, I'm definitely going to look into that. Thank you for telling me that. Let's see, uh, normalized audio, new Mohini day covers off the hook, doing it with their great playing. All right. Uh, Ariel. Yeah. Definitely curious to hear how you'd incorporate those activity based targets in a release campaign. Okay. Wonder if you'd mix activities with similar artists or have a separate ad set for those targets. I would put them all together. I'm a big fan of putting all of these resources into the same thing, minimizing the number of ad sets that I have. Um, <clears throat> cause again, uh, when you're, when you're looking at targeting options, um, at the ad set level, you're trying to give Facebook a pool of opportunity, not a, like a directive. You're not saying my fans like this band. So pull fans from this band. You're saying, I know that this group of people, there's somebody in there who likes what I do. And the more options you give, the more places they have to look. So you want to find a bunch of different people who might like your music and let Facebook determine if they do like your music. 
Uh, let's see. Boo Rose, thanks so much for that detailed answer, Tom. Dude, you're so welcome. Those are great questions. Thank you. Um, to follow up on that, you mentioned to create those three ad sets, cold, lukewarm, lukewarm, plus expansion. Do you turn them all on at the same time? Yes, they all go live at midnight or whenever you set your campaigns to go live on release day. So all at the same time. Uh, Bulldozer, does it make sense to target like Mexico and North America in the same audience as the cost is a lot lower in Mexico? Can Facebook figure it out? Yes, definitely. Put it all in there. Unless you have a very good reason to target someplace specifically, um, put all of these territories in one. What, what we're trying to do initially is find our people. And once you find your people, then you can start targeting in um, with very particular campaigns depending on what you want to do. So let's say you throw the net wide and Mexico City comes up hot and you get a lot of listeners in Mexico City. Well, if you want to do a live stream set, say a 30-minute live stream set on a Friday night of your music, um, then you might target ads for that specific live stream just in Mexico City because you've got a good listener base there. You pull people into that live stream. And maybe you only make that live stream available in that location. Um, same thing with actually playing shows in the real world. If you want to do a tour uh, in Central America, then, you know, tar and, and say you have like crazy good listeners in Mexico City and then um, you've got some in Costa Rica and Guatemala and Nicaragua and Panama. And, and so you want to kind of hop around. Well, you want to find those locations where you've got those hot user bases and target ads for those shows specifically in those regions because you've already determined that you've got a listener base for your music there already. So you throw the net wide, you find your people, and then for specific purposes, you really drill in close. Um, all right, Reben, uh, in my channel, I only upload music, which is doing pretty good, but do you think it's a good idea to upload YouTube shorts? Because I'm worried if I post too many other content, it'll be confusing. Um, no, I think that... It, you know, it depends on what your goal is with the channel. If you want to be a sort of faceless artist um, who people don't know who you are, they just know the music, then only post music content there. But you can still post YouTube shorts of just your music. Uh, if you want to not be a faceless artist and you want to have a connection with your fans, um, then I would incorporate more content like that, both in the form of long-form video and YouTube shorts. So even if you just want to post music there, you can still do that in shorts format. Um, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. John, what's up, dude? Thanks for hopping in, man. I'm glad you're here. Uh, Bulldozer, okay. Is lookalike audience on the Facebook pixel account level or is it tailed into each audience you define? Um, A lookalike audience is based off of one specific audience that you build inside the audience manager. So um, you can use that lookalike audience with um, a bunch of different ads. I think they are, well, it, it, it depends on what the source of your, actually it doesn't, it's not pixel related. So if, let's say you use view content as the source for your custom audience, and then that audience is used for the lookalike audience. You can use that lookalike audience with a different pixel. 
you sh- you probably shouldn't have more than one pixel in a single ad account, but you can still use that audience. Um, and you can share that audience as an asset, which is a whole different thing uh, with another artist. So say there's another artist who makes music similar to you and they want to use your audience and you want to let them, you can share that lookalike audience as an asset to use in their ads as well, which is going to be a different ad account altogether and different pixels. So uh, no, it's, it's, you can use it kind of anywhere. Um, see milestone. Do you do Instagram follower growth and Spotify follower growth campaigns separately and Facebook ads are kind of combined? I do those separately milestone because they are different objectives. So each campaign has one objective to it. So for the Spotify growth campaign, that objective of that campaign, first of all, it's a conversion campaign, which is the object, the Facebook objective I'm optimizing for. And the real world objective is to get people to follow me on Spotify. So I can use multiple songs and multiple ads to drive traffic to my Spotify profile. And the Instagram account, the single goal for that is the Facebook level goal is traffic. So link clicks, it's not a conversion campaign. So that by itself splits it out. But then the destination for that campaign is my Instagram account. So multiple ads and creatives and things all driving traffic to my Instagram account. And the point of that is to get people to follow me on Instagram. And then thirdly, you know, a growth campaign is to get people to that one specific song on Spotify, not my profile. So that's a different objective. It's a conversion campaign, which is the same as growth, but the final destination, as it were, is a different place. So it's a different campaign. Let's see, Irene, do you think it's a good idea to put TikTok link on your YouTube channel? Because I noticed some artists don't do that because they want their audience to stay at other platforms other than TikTok. I think it depends on what your personal goals are. I don't have a personal goal of growing my audience on TikTok. It's not a platform that I want to commit energy to right now, so I don't include it. Uh, The platforms that I am interested in committing my energy to currently are YouTube, obviously, uh, Instagram, and Spotify. So those are the three that I have the bandwidth to take on right now. Everything else is secondary. So it depends on what your personal goals are. If your goals are to grow on YouTube and grow on TikTok, then I would definitely include your link from YouTube and vice versa. Let's see, El Lucador Audio. Uh, I opened up a Loops Samples Instruments Boutique store and the brand has a podcast that is generating an audience and community slowly. Okay, what are some marketing promo tips tips you could recommend? Dude, that's great. I love that, man. Um, so I would market your podcast um, with Facebook ads. I would also market your samples with Facebook ads, find opportunities to cross those audiences together. And every podcast, I would mention um, your store. And I would also think about maybe having some discounts for listeners on a windowed basis. So like every, maybe every show you drop for the first the first 24 hours after the show goes live uh there's a 10% discount on the store every week or something i'm just making it up and then maybe once a month for your listeners um there's a 25% discount from the store with a certain code that you give out on a certain episode 
So you incentivize people to come back to listen so that they get into the, you know, to the discounts or whatever. And even if it's not that, you know, the beginning of the episode and just, you know, thanks for, thanks for hopping in guys. Uh, be sure to go check out mybeats.com uh, to, to serve all your sampling needs. That's why we're here, you know, to make music and this, that, the other, here's the content. Just make sure you're telling people about it. Um, I think there's a really good um, opportunity to continue to drive traffic to sort of both and you can make them both the same kind of audience together. But make sure that each platform serves the customer specific to that content source. So uh, loops and samples is self-explanatory. Make sure that the podcast is serving them outside of just as an advertisement for the store. Um, let's see, John. Hey, Tom, have you done any videos on interpreting your data with Facebook ads? This is my weakness. I probably just uh, look at the cost per result and make decisions that way, guessing there is more. Um, I have one where I talk about how I analyze my data in my spreadsheet and that might hit all the points that you're asking about. Uh, I think it's like called how I analyze my data from Spotify for artists or something like that. It's within the last couple of months. That one might answer your questions. Uh, let's see, Ariel. Thank you so much, Tom. Lots to consider from today's Q and a you're very welcome. Uh, surprised how many questions I can still find. It's like it's never quite right. Yeah, I feel that. It's always a learning process every step of the way. Uh, uh, maybe because I make electronic and not vocal music. Yeah, I I had um, a tougher time of it before I started adding vocals into my music as well. I was making really weird, like not any sort of popular genre music, and it was a little tougher to to navigate. See Burroughs, thank you. How much in advance uh, do you set up turn on your release campaign before your song comes out? Have you ever turned it on before the song re uh, releases so when it comes out at midnight it's more optimized? So I create my campaign. I try to create it a week in advance. So if my song dropped next Friday, I would build it today. Uh, I've never set it to go live before the release, but the reason I, I create it in advance is so that... Um, it will get through the review process with Facebook and won't get checked up by any sort of issues with it and not go live at midnight on release day. Um, I've had others talk about the idea of launching a campaign in advance to see if it can optimize before. I haven't heard any results about that, but I know that others have talked about testing that as well. I personally haven't done it yet. See John and great info on the three ads: cold, lukewarm, warm. Cool. I type those into my spreadsheet, and we'll experiment with that. Awesome, man. Yeah, I hope it works for you. Uh, let's see, uh, Lonnie. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, um, Lonnie or Lanny. I'm gonna go with Lonnie. Um, I took some poor uh, performing locations out of the targeting I typically use for ads, but must I also take them out of the location targeting built into my lookalikes? Um. No, it's, uh, oh, congratulations on almost 11,000 subs. Hey, thank you. Yeah. I remember when it was 9k. Yeah. It's, uh, it's bananas. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, so no, if, if it's built into the lookalike, but you're not targeting it at the ad set level, you don't need to worry about it. Uh, because the ad set overrides the location targeting of the lookalike audience. So as long as Whatever you target at the ad set level is what you're going to target. That's why when you make a lookalike, 
I would dump every location into it. You can use this same lookalike for any window of targeting you want to use kind of up and down the list at the ad set level. So you can pull sections of that lookalike uh, for your specific purposes. Uh, El Lucador, amazing. Thank you so much. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're so welcome, dude. Uh, and then Reven, sorry, Tom, to, or, or hi, Tom. Sorry for asking again. Okay. But do you think it's, uh, first of all, sorry, don't apologize. No apologies for questions in here. That's why we're here. <laughs> uh, so don't even worry about it. Uh, do you think it's a good idea to release an instrumental version of your original song or pointless? No, I think it's a great idea. In fact, I think a, a bigger version of this is I think it's a really good idea to recycle your content to a certain extent with your music. Um, so for example, this is not something I do very well. I need to do better at it, but I could take this live stream and I can hack out, let's say three clips of it of good questions where I felt like I gave good information and I can make this long form content into three pieces of like smaller form content. So let's say I make them into one minute videos and post them on reels or TikTok. Um, and then I can take this audio, which I have done this last week, um, take this audio and add it to my podcast. So that's something that I'm doing moving forward. So this whole talk will be on my podcast, Sounds of the Future. So if you want to listen to this after the fact, or if you didn't get to watch this live, if you're watching this later, um, you can listen to the whole thing on the podcast. So that's now this one piece of content sitting here live talking has turned into four additional pieces of content. I think we need to think about music much in the same way to a certain degree. We think that, and I'm just as guilty of this as anybody else. We think that you drop a song and that's it. The song's out, it's done, it's over. I think you can recycle that content in a certain way. Uh, there are different ways you can do it. So you can waterfall release a record or an EP, in which case the first song that gets, if it's a five song EP, the first song that gets released actually gets released five times. So you've recycled that content four additional times. Um, then you could take that five song EP and you could do a remix of every one of those songs and you can release the remix alongside the original. So every one of those songs gets another window of opportunity. Then you could take that whole record and you can release an instrumental version of it. And that's a new outlet for recycled content for that music. Then you could take that EP and you could do a, uh, an EP with commentary where you talk about each track for a minute and how it came about and what it means. And so, you know, so this song I, I wrote when I broke up with my ex and I uh, had a hard time and it was a rainy night and I sat here and I wrote this beat and then I came up with the melody and it sort of all came together really easily. And that's why it's called Heartbreak. And uh, yeah, this song's really personal to me and I hope you enjoy it. This is Heartbreak into the song. And so now you have a 10 song release, but each, every other song is commentary about the, next track right um so that's now you've taken this first song you've released it five times for the ep you've released it another time with a remix now you've released it with an instrumental version and then you released it again with a commentary ep and i think this is a practice that i would like to see happen a bit more in music because i think we put so much time and effort into these pieces of music to only give them one opportunity under the sun i think is a disservice to our time and our talent uh, so I would love to see the practice of releasing more instrumental versions 
even acapella versions, if you are confident enough to do that. Um, all kinds of different things you can do with it. You could release, if you make your own samples, you could drop a track. You could make all the samples that you use in the track, and then you can drop the song, and then you can drop a sample pack of all the noises you used. I think it's a great way to do it too. So plenty of opportunity to recycle content. Um, let's see, but if I get low streaming on the instrumental version, Spotify algorithm wouldn't like it, right? Um, it's a shot at the net, man. Uh, some of them aren't going to win and that's okay. The, the Spotify algorithm isn't going to say, Oh, this one track didn't do well. Just step up to the plate and, and swing again with a new song. And then the instrumental of that one. Um, I think every, I think the more music you can put out, the better in, in most cases, as long as you don't oversaturate the market by trying to drop a song every single day. If you can just drop a song once a month, once every six weeks, once every two months, do that consistently, even if it's track, instrumental, track, instrumental, track, instrumental, remix, track, instrumental, remix. I think these are great things to do. Uh, let's see, Sonny. Hey, Tom, what do you do about the dreaded less than 1,000 on Spotify? Uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, I hide under a blanket and cry. <laughs> no, um, it's uh, yeah, that's a tough place to be. I'll tell you this. Keep your head down keep making music and keep putting it out and it will go away eventually. Eventually you'll get to the point where every single song you release, you don't even think about whether or not it's going to cross that threshold. And when you get to that point, every previous song you've released will have already passed that threshold and you won't even have to worry about it. And let's just say that the first song you put out never crosses that threshold it's going to be so buried in your catalog of work because you've consistently released new material that it's not even going to matter. So I would always be running a Spotify growth campaign on Facebook with conversions. Do that. Um, always be growing your profile and your listener base and that it will take care of itself. As long as you do that market correctly and effectively and continue to release new material. Uh, on that note, we're in an hour. So, I'm going to sign off you guys. Uh, this has been an awesome live stream. Thank you so much for all the questions, everybody. Thanks for hopping in here today. Uh, I say it every time. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I appreciate you hopping in here and spending time with me. Uh, this would be super awkward if I spent an hour on the internet and nobody was here. So, <laughs> uh, as I said before, I'm going to be posting these to my podcast from now on. So next week, this live stream will be up on sounds of the future. So if you don't subscribe there and you want to listen to this after the fact, Go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you do your thing and uh, check it out. And yeah, thanks for being here. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great week. Make something awesome. Make sure to take some time for you. And uh, we'll be back next week at noon right here. So until then, have a good one. Peace.